ago. Here, let me give you guys some some audio. <laughs> My bad. I uh, you know, it wouldn't be break the cycle if I didn't mess up the audio at least once every three or four shows. But anyways, uh, welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host Joshua Smith. Uh, I'm very sorry that we weren't able to do the show on Friday like we normally do. There was a family emergency, and thank God because I was a little sick yesterday. So if my voice starts cracking today, you guys will know that it was because I definitely had a cold of some sort. When you have seven kids. Uh, every single little minor illness, uh, you get it. Unfortunately, that's just how it works. Um, but I'm stoked. We have a great show tonight. But let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we have Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs deli- delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And my friend, my partner on the show, toplobster.com for all your wonderful graphic design needs. You can get this great Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their st- uh, Stuff shirt. And of course, the great custom Break the Cycle pillow. You can have a piece of the Couch Dreams at your house when you watch the show live three times a week. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And, of course, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. These people are doing a job that the government sucks at more efficiently and much cheaper. Executive producers of the show, wonderful, wonderful people. Please check them out. Uh, guys, tonight we got a wonderful guest uh, she is a collegiate wrestler, pretty badass from what I understand. Uh, she's also a fellow at Fee and a YouTube uh, sensation, I believe. Her name is Olivia Rondow. How are you doing tonight, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? And uh, I'm not a YouTube sensation at all. Oh, you're please. coming up. You're coming up. <laughs> sure. You're get, you're getting there. We talked a little bit before the show. You're gonna you're gonna get some new equipment. It's gonna be it's gonna be banging. You're it's doing gonna right. be okay. Yeah, we're I gonna do it right. You have almost as many subs as I do, so you're doing pretty good, I think. Yeah, but I also have, like, Twitter cloud that I just, like, kind of force people who follow me on Twitter to to follow me on YouTube, even though, like, the quality's not that great, so. Well, let's, let's talk about that Twitter to uh, YouTube pipeline, man. It is broken. <laughs> broken. It is. It is. Because I'm like, how do I have 52K on Twitter and 3K on YouTube? Something's not adding up. I don't think I suck at YouTube that bad. Like, I don't think it's that bad. I have, I have put in so much work into this show over the last year to try and get like the perfect show for people. And it's like pulling teeth to get them to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Like, come on guys. I know you got a Gmail. Everybody's got a Gmail. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just hit that subscribe button. You don't even have to watch any shows. It helps the algorithm to have more subs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and that, the, if you guys are listening, go ahead and RT this episode right now uh, to Twitter or Facebook or wherever you can because, you know, the more eyes we get, the better audience Olivia gets, and that's an important thing. So so you're, you're, you're an up-and-coming Liberty voice. I mean, you were just on HBO. You got to say in the Fed on HBO, which is amazing. It's probably the most <laughs> – we talked about this earlier too. It's probably the most based – HBO has ever been except for like maybe old school Dennis Miller uh, shows but how did you get here what 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 brought you to the ideas of liberty honestly it was me just trying to figure out what I was because I knew when I was in high school this was really going to age me here but I was 15 during the 2016 election and I realized I was not a fucking liberal and I was and I'm from the DMV that's unheard of it's a very liberal area and if you're a woman and if you're black or some other type of minority, that's just really just not something you're supposed to do. And I really just, I did not have the same infatuation with the Clintons and the Democratic Party that a lot of my peers and a lot of my friends had. And I was like, okay, then I'm just gonna, should I just be a Republican? Like, what does that mean if I'm not a liberal and I disagree with a lot of these liberal or Democratic talking points? And for a while I was like, okay, do I belong on the GOP? Do I belong on the right side of things? And yeah, I do have a lot of, right-leaning beliefs and I actually consider myself more of a conservatarian I don't think I'm a puritan libertarian or a puritan conservative I'm kind of somewhere in the middle but after a while of you know working very closely with the GOP working for the GOP volunteering for the GOP on some occasions I realized that I only agree with them on about half the stuff I mean I I like I I like some of their ideas and I like you know, the image they put out of fiscal conservatism. But as I went on and got older into more research, I realized that a lot of stuff they don't genuinely believe in or they're very, um, very hypocritical on. And so I ended up, when I registered to vote, I ended up not registering with the Republican Party, just registered unaffiliated. And I kind of, I do have a lot of smoke for them, but it's mostly out of love because I want them to be better. Um, more recently, I've been more interested in the LP, specifically the Mises Caucus, because I think it takes a lot of the good parts from conservatism and kind of 
um, implements it in a liberty way, which I really enjoy and I really appreciate. Um, I'm not sure if I'm ready to register with any party yet, but my, yeah, my journey basically came from me being like, oh my God, like I'm not a liberal to, I should just go into the other camp of conservatism and Republicanism and then realize I don't really fit in there either. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I get it. I, I came from the GOP as well, but I came from the Bush era GOP. Which, That's disgusting. Yeah, it was really bad. And I was, you know, I was a neocon. I hate to admit it. I, I have, I admit it all the time, but I was a neocon. I, I joined the military after 9-11 to go protect my, my, you know, my people. I don't my, blame you because that's what everybody. That's what everybody was told. Like I don't. I don't blame you for that at all. Well, and if you look at the, it's funny because if you look at the Libertarian Party numbers, right? The, at this time, the Libertarian Party was still the only real party of anti-war in the in you know in two thousand and one when the, when nine eleven happened, and and it was funny because Harry Brown was the presidential candidate for the for the party in two thousand. The day after nine eleven, he wrote the most brave, like penned letter to to the American public ever in the history of the world basically saying that uh, everyone needed to chill out, relax, and see how our military interventionism has created the situation that we're dealing with right now. And, and of course, I don't remember this. I, I, I didn't even know what the Libertarian Party was in 2000. I graduated, I graduated high school in 2001. So, um, okay. You, know, I was a you kid. graduated high school the same year I was born. So. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, some, day, some days you forget how old you are, man. You know, it's, it's like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 38. I'm, I'm getting ready to be 40 soon. And uh, I, you know, I wake up and work 12 hour shifts and I forget how old I am until about halfway through my shift. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm getting old, man. Definitely. But, uh, but the LP was the only party that was anti-war back then. And in fact, it had about 30,000 national members, uh, in 2000. And then right when nine 11 happened, half the membership left the party because they, they turned this country into such a nationalistic, like, I don't know, like mouth breathing country ready for war i mean everyone was looking their chops for war because our countrymen had been attacked and i was one of those kids that got caught up in that and uh within you know within less than a year of being uh in the military i was in the gulf in our fighting iraq and i'm going wait wait a minute what the fuck are we doing in iraq why are we in iraq you know um so i get it but uh the gop has left a lot of liberty people i mean it just has it, you know if you believe in liberty the gop is really not the party of liberty and even even with even the trump era you know, the Trump, Trump was, you know, a lot of people liked Trump for his his uh, messaging. He, you know, he was really good at getting under people's skin. Uh, he did some really good things with regulations. Uh, he didn't start any new war- wars, which is great, but it would have been nice if he had ended the wars he promised to end. Um, but they're just not the, the they're not the party of anti-war. They're not the party of, uh, you know, equality under the law. I mean, they're just not. They haven't been for a long time. And neither and neither are the so so too are the Democrats. Right. I mean, they're just as bad, if not much, much worse uh, in a lot of areas. But um, you're a lady wrestler. I, wanna, I am a lady wrestler. I want to talk a little bit about that. So, uh, you know, I'm a, re- I'm a wrestler too. I wrestled in my entire childhood. It was like my favorite thing in the world to do was get up on Saturday mornings at, at like 3 o'clock in the morning, go to a weigh-in for a tournament, go out to breakfast with my family, you know, and then go back and wrestle all day long. It was one of the greatest uh, parts of my childhood. There's no doubt about it. But what, why wrestling? What, what brought you to wrestling? Um, I've always had a passion for martial arts since I was, you know, in preschool. I started doing Taekwondo at the age of five. Um, I got my black belt in that and moved on to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Krav Maga. Um, I got my blue belt in BJJ. And then um, I didn't get so far in Krav Maga, but I really liked it. I really appreciated um, how it upped my striking game, especially with elbows and um, knees. And then when I got to high school, you know, my dad had this weird thing about how I had to play a sport every single season of fall, winter, spring. And my fall sport had always been volleyball. My winter sport had always been basketball. But I really, really hated basketball, was not really good at it. I was kind of like an, at an awkward stage in puberty. And I was just kind of like, I just, I was like kind of uncoordinated. And I just really hated running and everything that had to do with basketball. So I walked out of the basketball meeting on the first day. I went to the wrestling meeting, got the paperwork. And in Maryland, where I'm from, there is no girl-sanctioned wrestling in high school. It's a boys' team. So I think originally I actually lied to my parents and said that there was a girls' team and that I would be joining the girls' wrestling team at my school. At some point, I think, I guess they just figured out and just, like, let it go. But they they were definitely very scared for me at first because, of course, there's, you know, a biological difference. And the fact that, you know, most kids that are good at wrestling or most kids that wrestle in high school, they start like you did when they're, like, four, five, six years old. And I started wrestling at 14 my freshman year. So I I had a disadvantage, like, you know, technique-wise and strength-wise. So 
that was something I had to overcome. But I think wrestling was honestly the best decision I ever made, to be honest. Sure, yeah, I agree. And and you bring up a good point. So as a wrestler, we know that there is no there is no girls or boys team wrestling. All, girls wrestle guys all the time in wrestling. Guys wrestle girls. I wrestled several girls through, throughout my wrestling career. Um, and you bring up this biological difference uh, uh, term. So we're, I mean, as a wrestler who has had to wrestle biological men, uh, probably most of your wrestling career, what, where do you stand on the, on the title five and all the, uh, you know, the trans sports stuff, as far as biological, uh, people born male competing against women in women's sports? Um, I'm completely against it. I think it's unfair. And I've had some criticism being like, well, Olivia, how could you, you know, how could you tell trans athletes to, you know, not be in a women's sports if you are a girl in men's sports? And that's just the issue. There is no girls sanctioned wrestling in Maryland. I would love to have been on a girls team. You know, I would love for it to have been fair my entire career. But also the thing is, I don't regret wrestling on a boys team at all. I really loved my team. They loved me and like respected me a lot. And I beat a bunch of guys. That was kind of a confidence booster. But the thing is, the thing is, I was very well known in my county in Maryland for being that girl that was beating up a bunch of guys. Like I went on like a win streak my sophomore year, um, and I was like pretty decent. But despite me being pretty decent in the county or even in the state of Maryland, I was never like a boys state champion or nationally ranked in the boys division. I was nationally ranked in the girls division. I was on the women's Olympic development team, but there's no way that even the best of the best female wrestlers would be beating the best of the best male wrestlers. That's just not going to happen. So while I was really good in my district, you know, in high school boys wrestling, it's just so it's, it's really not comparable. Like you really, um, you're, you're not going to see a lot of women winning national championships in men's wrestling. It's just, it's not going to happen. And that goes for any sport, but I'm especially concerned with it in combat sports, just such as MMA, um, wrestling, um, all that kind of stuff. Cause it's also a safety issue at that point. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about pure punching power, definitely a big difference. Yeah, uh, depending exactly. on what you're born. There's just no doubt about it. I mean, probably, you know, Chris Cyborg is probably the only one I know that could have maybe ha- handled herself yeah, I'm, truly. I'm scared of her. I'm maybe, scared of her. Maybe Amanda Nunes. I don't know. Yeah. But there was that one case of the transgender MMA fighter Fallon Fox who fractured their female opponent's skull from a punch. And that just, that is not something that frequently happens when there's two biological women punching each other. That's something that happens when a man punches a woman. I mean, that's not something um, that frequently happens man. when a man punches a man either. I mean, it's, there's no, a big No, it's more issue. equal. It's more equal. It's not a female-sized skull going against the full strength of a grown man. And this particular athlete lived as a man for 32 years then transitioned. So it's not like, you know, they transition as a very young child and never develop their muscles. Like, this was a fully grown biological male so yeah it's 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 safety issues like that that really piss me off so yeah sure sure so we talked a little bit about this in the beginning but you were on a show on hbo and i've i've seen a really cool clip where you uh were asked some questions and you're like i'm all about capitalism and and by capitalism i mean ending the fed and i was just like i i wanted to stand up and cheer and clap and run around the house and be like, that just got said on HBO. What? I don't even know what the show was about. What was it? <laughs> so the show was called Pause with Sam J. It was a late night talk show. Um, I was on the pilot episode with King Randall, who is another black conservative liberty minded activist down in Georgia. And Sam J, she's a comedian. She was a writer on SNL who just got her own show. And for the first episode, the first episode title was actually called coons and it was basically about the relationship between black culture and conservatism can they coexist are they too separated are black conservatives coons uncle tom sellouts any anything like that and sam J is more of a moderate or liberal she is a black gay woman so that automatically puts you in a democratic box and so she actually got a lot of criticism for this show because she had two young black conservatives on who didn't fit into that box um, but in the beginning, within the first five seconds of me being on the show, she's like, well, you know, what is conservatism to you? How, how are you a black and conservative? And I just said, well, let me list it out. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm a capitalist. And I said, well, when I say capitalist, I don't mean, oh, just, you know, abolish welfare. I mean, like abolish the Federal Reserve. And that, that's what I said within like the first 30 seconds of 
the episode of me being on the episode and I posted that clip on Twitter because I just thought it was so funny. I, I I didn't even know why I said it like the way it was in a very aggressive manner, but I just really, really wanted to get that point across because capitalism comes with such a negative stigma. It's very taboo to say you're a capitalist, especially if you're a woman. I feel like people think it's like anti-feminist. You have like internalized misogyny or internalized racism or whatever the fuck because you're a capitalist. And I wanted to say it's not just about taking shit from poor people because that's the misconception about what capitalism is. It's about decentralizing and um, deregulating wealth. So it's not just the rich people, the rich people who have ties to the government that are having it. So I wanted to make it clear. It's not just about like we're taking away your food stamps because we're money hungry and we're greedy. It's literally about liberty. So that's the point I was trying to get across. Sure, yeah. I think a lot of people confuse capitalism with what we like to call crony capitalism or cronyism, yeah. where it's where it's, you know, what we have now is a market that is completely regulated by big business and their lobbying, right? And so the, you can't exactly. you can't call that laissez-faire capitalism or whatever you want to call it at all because they have their hands in the market and the and the government's giving them these protections to do whatever they want in the market while all these small guys fail and we see it the I I, I probably the best uh, representation of that is is you know big pharma where mm-hmm. you know you can go and and lobby to get these patent laws for 10 years or whatever and then no one else can make that drug and they can hike up the prices you can hike the prices up yeah. and meanwhile people are we're facing an opioid crisis in this country we're facing op- like a opioid crisis like we've never seen before but who's the people that are lobbying against marijuana oh it's big pharma like seriously i i don't i i call it cronyism but i also call it corporatism because i feel like i guess the two are interchangeable but i really like to emphasize that it's the corporations hand in hand with the government to the point where these corporations aren't even capital entities anymore. They're literally just part of the government. So that's another thing that pisses me off. Yeah. It's be, I mean, it's at this point, it's really actually becoming how uh, Mussolini defined fascism is the, you know, the, the, the whole union basically of, of the corporations and the state. I mean, that's what fascism was, you know, and they're using, and now, you know, now in the time of COVID, right. We have a lot of people saying, well, those are private businesses, bro. You know, Walmart, at this point, Walmart's not really a private business. You know what I mean? Neither is Facebook. I mean, they've, they've taken so much from the government, and, and they're, they're letting the government dictate what they're going to do to private citizens that it's becoming this kind of fascist, like fascistic union of the, of the corporations and, and, uh, and the state. And I don't think, you know, some libertarians are so blue-pilled on that. You know, they think that, oh, it's just a private business, bro, you know. Yeah, I I kind of I came I fell away from that during the COVID pandemic pandemic um, because I, I tweeted this the other day. The only people that won in 2020 were the government workers who never saw their their paycheck cut because they're funded by taxes and Amazon and Walmart because they're in cahoots with the government. They did whatever they followed whatever regulations the government said because they're that big that they can do so. The small mom and pop shop on the corner cannot afford to lose as much business as Amazon or Walmart could. And the the market that, I mean, they basically absorbed the market because if the mom and pop shop is closed, then you're just going to go to Walmart. You know, you're just going to buy shit off of Amazon. Um, and yeah, at this point, I can't just say, oh, like Walmart's just a private company. They can do whatever they want when they literally are part of the government at this point. They literally are receiving benefits from the government at this point. So at you know, at the cost of everybody else. Sure, sure. Uh, so another thing that happened on that show is you you came out, right? That was like a, a we, yes. We could talk about that, right? Yeah, okay. no, it's on TV. Sure. Yeah, I know you did it on HBO. I was like, yeah, my show's a little smaller than HBO, so I think we might be okay. But just a uh, tad bit smaller. But so you came out on that on that show. I mean, um, how how was that for you? Because I mean, that was the first time ever, right? Really. Yeah, I mean, I had some of my friends I had talked to, like, recently. Like, I came to terms with it very, very recently. Some of my friends knew I was bi, but my family didn't know. Um, A lot of my acquaintances didn't know. People I work with didn't know. Um, It was mainly... um, it It was a combination of reasons why I felt very uncomfortable saying it for all this time. Mainly because I grew up very religious. I grew up in the church. I have a lot of um, I would say a lot of I don't I don't use the word homophobic lightly, but I do have homophobic family members. Um, I there, there's a weird childhood memory I have 
of being at Denny's of all places. Like that's some type of fine establishment and my family forcing us to leave because a gay couple walked in that, that was just the environment I was raised in. Like we couldn't even be around or exposed to gay people. Cause it was just like that horrible. Um, same thing if they were on TV or anything, like the channel would be switched. We would get sent to our rooms. Like if I had a gay friend, wasn't supposed to be friends with them anymore. It was like that kind of environment. So it was, it was part of that. And then also being on the right side of the aisle, it's, um, I wouldn't say that every conservative is homophobic. Like that's clearly not the case. And in fact, most Republicans, I think it's like 55% of Republicans actually are okay with gay marriage now, but it's still, it's still a point of contention. It's still, there's still a big argument about it. There's still, it's still not 100% accepted. So that was another thing. I just thought a lot of people would judge me for it, but I realized that I was really unhappy keeping certain relationships and certain, um, you know, things in my life a secret. I was really deathly afraid of someone like posting screenshots or someone posting pictures trying to like expose me or out me. And, you know, I've been threatened with that before. So I was just like, I was just over it. I was just over it. I was just like, I'm going to say it on TV so I can't take it back. Everyone's going to know. I don't have to individually tell everybody at once. I don't have to sit everybody down. Like, I didn't want to do a big dramatic, like, mom, dad, like, I, didn't want to do that shit so I was like <laughs> let me just say it I was like let me just say it and I said it and it's mostly been fine so I think I made the right call and I'm like I'm a lot less depressed now like I feel like my stress is a leap because it's not hanging over my head anymore because like the amount of times I lied to my parents about like hanging out with my friends I was like really going to hang out with a girl in high school was just like fucking too much so <laughs> sure, sure so black gay and conservative everything the left hates Right? <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to catch that, but you know they say they say that they're those are the people they need to talk, they need to speak for. But really, I mean, let's just be honest. They're, I'm literally the worst minority ever. Like I, I should literally be a fucking Marxist according to them. Like I should literally be a communist, but I'm not, and they hate it. Sure, they well, literally hate it. Well, I wonder. I wonder. I mean, so I grew up in a, a completely entirely different way like i'm from like right outside of oakland california so like the gay thing has never been a big deal to me i mean we just grew up around gay yeah. people it was how it is and, and and minority thing i mean it's not even minority where i'm from you know what i mean i'm you're just, probably the minority <laughs> yeah and 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 in fact I, I try to stop saying the minority uh uh because my um uh maj Ture schooled me on that not too long ago he said we're not the minority you know what i mean but um so, so it's a completely different world for me growing up than some people have grown. I don't know what the South is like. I don't know what like some of the East Coast is like. I just grew, I grew up where I grew up, and everything was just like always normal for us. You know what I mean? As far as that, um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a, a contention of people out there that are like gonna use words like coon and and Uncle Tom and all that stuff, and it always seems to come from the left. If you don't mm -hmm. fall in, directly into their box that they want you in, have you? I mean, have you experienced hate from from the the you know the people that you hung out with on the right, or has it been mostly from the at least the Democrats? I don't like to call the Democrats left; they're moderate centrist blisses, but progressives. But yeah. Um, I've received different kinds of hate from both sides of the aisle. I I will say this: I haven't received that much hate for coming out. And I do recognize, I don't like to use this word a lot unless it's absolutely necessary. I do recognize I have some type of privilege because that's not like I came out as like trans and not like I came out as like a full on fucking lesbian. Like that's cool or whatever. But I feel like I had some sort of privilege because I can just like, I can pass this straight, like whatever. So I think a lot of people oh, were able straight to passing. Right. Right. I think I'm straight passing a lot. Of, <laughs> I got a lot of comments like that on YouTube. I think half the people were like, Oh, I clocked you. Like you're a women's wrestler. Of course you're going to be a little bit gay. And I was like, of course, but some people are like, Oh, like you pass for straight, like really well. I was like, that's kind of weird. But so I didn't get a lot of hate comments from the right. Like I did delete a couple that were like, Oh, you're not a real conservative. I was like, who the fuck said I was a social conservative? Like ever. Like I literally never claimed to be that I've always been pro gay marriage. Like if you follow me on Twitter, if you see my YouTube, I've never been homophobic. So if me being bi like changes how you view me as a conservative, then you've never been consistent in the first place. Cause I've always had that opinion. Um, and then on the left, I have had a couple people be like, Oh, well, you're black, you're a woman, and you're part of the LGBT community. You're voting against all of your interests. You're a coon. You're a sellout. Like, I, I, I do get that. But honestly, after after the HBO thing and after I came out, most 
most, I would say the vast majority of the support from both the left and right has been positive because I posted this the other day. I got a ton of DMs, a ton of like Facebook messages and Twitter DMs um, from mostly black liberals or black Democrats or just black people who are not like on the right and, and gay people as well. And they were like, well, thank you for, you know, speaking up because now I'm open to black conservatism or even gay conservatism because apparently that's a thing now. Um, so I would say, I think I did a good job representing what a liberty minded person who doesn't kind of fit into that box would seem like. Sure. Sure. So you, you supported Donald Trump, correct? Am I, I did. I'm, I'm I right. Did what, what, yes. what was it about Trump that you, that you enjoyed? Um, so like you said, the deregulation thing, not starting any new wars. I really liked that. Honestly, I was a fan of the mean tweets. <laughs> I, I wasn't really one of those we people. That was, we didn't deserve them. I, yeah, as much as I would like to say that Trump would have been more successful without the mean tweets, that's probably true. They probably would have had less to throw at him. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, I liked having a president that at least gave the sense that we were standing up to China, that we were trying to be pulling out of Afghanistan and stuff like that. Um, I liked having a president that was against the lockdowns for the most part. I wasn't a fan of him being uh, eventually kind of caving to Fauci and being like, okay, we had the vaccination. Now we can lift up, you know, the lockdown mandates. No, we should never have had the lockdown mandates. So I did have beef with him. I had beef with him about bump stocks. You know, he's not a perfect guy. I had a lot of beef with him um, about sending a hundred trillion bajillion dollars to Israel every year. Had a lot of beef with him about that. Not the perfect president. Um, I wrote an op-ed right before the November election saying that I was going to vote for Trump because I thought it was the best chance to preserve what little liberty we had left. But I thought a third party um, vote was valid too. I think it sends a good message to see. I don't think it's like the Republican vote splitting into libertarian party because that's a false assumption that all people who vote libertarian were going to vote Republican if there was no libertarian option. But I could see, I, I did convince a few people that, you know, were on the right side of things, but didn't want to vote for Trump to vote for Joe Jorgensen, because I think the establishment needs to see that people see a third party as an option, because I'm not a Republican. I'm not registered as a Republican. Um, I'm probably, I mean, depending on who the 2024 GOP nominee is, I probably won't vote for them. If it's DeSantis, I'm not going to vote for him. If it's Christy No, I'm not going to vote for them. If it's Nikki Haley, I'm not going to vote for them. If it's Thomas Massey, fuck yeah, I'm voting for him. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over sure but i sure. know it's not gonna be thomas. it's probably not gonna be thomas massey um what if it's so, the yeah, libertarian party dave smith though i'd vote for dave he had, he literally fucking ignores me he won't come on my fucking show but i'd vote for dave dave um, dave watches <laughs> every one of my shows so he, he's gonna dave dave <laughs> He's going to hear that. He watches everyone. He told me. I I saw him. I watched him on Gutfeld the other night. I thought he was fucking hilarious. Um, I slid on his DMs maybe two weeks ago. No response. Been commenting every single day on his post. Dave, check your DMs. Dave, I want, to, I want you to come on my show. Um, I don't think he's going to. That's okay. I still like him. I'd vote for him over any of these warmongers. So. Sure. Dave, well, Dave, look, yeah. Dave is very, very hard to get a hold of, and everyone knows that. So I can, that's what I've been told. Everyone's like, don't be discouraged. Like it's not personal. He probably just hasn't seen it. I'm like, that's probably true. That's probably true. I'll send Dave like 50 DMS of random posts that I make and stuff. And then, and then after like three weeks, he'll pop in and be like, Hey man, what's going on? (laughs) I'm like, Jesus. All right, dude. (laughs) I love Dave. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's hard to get a hold of, but he is, he's an amazing guy. He's one of my favorites in the movement. I, I, uh, I'm glad that we've become friends over the last year or so. So, um, but uh, so so you got you got your eye on the Libertarian Party. That's pretty cool. I do. I I do. I do. Um, somebody from the Macy's Caucus in like Maryland wanted me to come to some event with Maj 
in August. So I'll see if I go to that. Um, but yeah, I like the LP people. I've, I've, I'm involved with Young Americans for Liberty, which is they don't strictly canvas for the LP. They will sometimes. It's mostly like Liberty Republicans. And honestly, a lot of them aren't as Liberty to my liking. So I realize that a lot of the candidates that I would probably support are probably LP candidates. So I'm very open to voting for LP candidate. I'm even open to... I'm even open to joining the LP in the future. Just right now, I'm still under, I'm still, I kind of still feel like joining a party is kind of just appealing to the lowest common denominator. I, I'm not a collectivist at all. I don't want to align myself to a huge group of people. Um, but, you know, if it's absolutely necessary to achieve, you know, goals of liberty, I might register one way or the other to, you know, vote in a Republican primary here or there, or, you know, to be more involved in the LP. Because I do, I do like the LP. I like you guys. Um, it's just hella dysfunctional. <laughs> so. Oh, it's so bad. I don't know if how are you following the drama that's going on today at all. Yeah, um, I'm just kind of eating popcorn, watching from afar. I just, uh, I, I don't understand how the state affiliate accounts get into wars every single day. I, I honestly, I don't think it's a good look, guys. I don't think it's a good look because the Democrats don't do that, the Republicans don't do that. We don't have state parties bickering back and forth with each other. Um, you know, trying to out meme each other. I, I'm not sure if that's a good look. Oh man, I love it. I love it. It's been bold. The it's last entertaining. Weeks. It's been it's bold. Entertaining. Hey, look, I, it's not changing my opinion because I'm already liberty minded. I'm just saying for somebody who's not liberty minded, looking in on seeing the state affiliate accounts do that, I'm like, it, I don't know if that's it worked for Donald Trump. I, <laughs> that's true, but I don't know if it can work. I don't know if it could work again because now this is the thing. Now we have all these Republicans trying to be the next Donald Trump and trying to be really reactionary and really mean on Twitter, like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. And I actually kind of like Lauren Boebert because she carries the gun. She's kind of she's kind of funny. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, she's kind of funny. But they're all trying to be like Trump now, and they're all trying to paint themselves as super anti-establishment. I'm like, when everybody acts like they're fucking anti-establishment, they're all part of this big group. You're just the establishment again. True. So I don't know if the Trump strategy is going to work again. We'll see. Well, I think both uh, both sides, uh, both the the Democrats and the Republicans have a lot of people now that are trying to act like they're anti-establishment. But everything oh. always finds, uh, 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 you know, partisan support. I mean, across oh, yeah. the aisles, all the bad I'm, shit. I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, of course, of course. AOC thought she was going to be the anti-establishment queen following Bernie. Then what did they do? Endorse Biden. So who gives a fuck about anti-establishment anymore? They're, it's clearly not even a real thing at None this point. None of them point. care. All they care about is the Benjamins, where they where they can get that money at. You know, <laughs> that Ilhan Omar quote, it's all about the Benjamins, yeah. and then everyone calls you anti-Semitic. Love that. Oh, did somebody somebody call you anti-Semitic for that? God, it's Somebody amazing. called Ilhan Omar anti-Semitic oh. because it was something about, I think it was about support for Israel, and she quote tweeted it saying it's all about the Benjamins, and people were like that's anti-semitic oh, you Jesus. can't you can't make that stereotype god there's so many there's so many anti-semitic things you can't do anymore i mean jesus you know as a guy who's part israeli i'm not even allowed to like not i i'm not allowed to say i don't support the the, the you know the the zionist uh government of israel people are like that's anti-semitic i'm like, actually i don't like the I government i literally get called an anti-semite Every single fucking day, I've never said a negative thing about Jewish people. I have barely even said anything negative about Israel. All I've said is I don't think we should be supporting them with our tax dollars. I'm not even an anti-Zionist nor like Zionist. I really don't give a fuck about it. Like I really don't give a fuck. I don't want to send our money. I don't want to send our troops. They can deal with it. It's it's clearly it's clearly not going to end anytime soon. It's been going on for thousands of years. I don't think America can stop it. I don't think our dollars can stop it. I don't think our men can stop it. I think so our dollars make it worse. Happen, yeah, I, when people ask me to have this opinion on it, I'm like, what do you want me to say? Literally, what do you want me to say? Nobody's been able to figure it out for literally thousands of years. And it's not anti-Semitic to say that we shouldn't be supporting the Zionist state of Israel. I'm not saying we should support Hamas or Palestine either before anyone gets in my mentions like, oh, so you support the terrorists? No, we should just get the fuck out of it. The terrorist, the terrorist organization that, by all accounts, uh, uh, Israel created so that they had a reason to create this 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 divided apartheid state that they have now, uh, but but that just makes me anti-Semitic anytime we talk about it. So, but but yeah, it's you're tr a it's true. I mean, you know, our money's not going to fix anything over there. You know, it's just not going to fix anything. It's just going to continue to make it worse. And uh, and I'm not, uh, you know, I don't hate I don't hate the Jews. Uh, a bunch of my family is Jewish. So I love the Jews. I yeah, love it, Jewish people. It's always it's always funny how people try to. Um, 
try to make all these like podcasters and stuff out to be anti-Semitic too, like Dave Smith and me. They did to Scott Horton too. I saw that. Um, that was fucking ridiculous. And he's actually, he's like very anti-Zionist. Like I get it. He speaks about Zionism in Israel way more than I ever will because it's not really one of my interests or areas of expertise. But I would consider him a, a more of an expert on Zionism. And he's a very outwardly anti-Zionist. And I saw that one Mises, I think it was a Mises Caucus event a couple weeks ago where some lady stood up and started heckling him, yeah. calling him anti-Semi, and she got kicked out. And first of all, that was the funniest video I've ever seen in my life. But it's just so absurd to me how, and this is not me being like a conspiracy theorist, but it's just so absurd to me how there's like this one group of people who you can't say anything about, even indirectly, because talking about Israel is not directly ta- targeting Jewish people mm-hmm. or Jewish Americans or the religion of Judaism or ethnic Jews. It's not It's not anything about that. And there's a lot of Jewish people who are anti-Zionist. There's a lot of Jewish people who don't care. Um, but it's crazy how you can't mention it or else everyone just assumes you're a bigot. And I really hate that. Yeah, it's, it is really interesting. It's an interesting thought experiment, um, how you're not allowed to mention it, even if you are a Jew. Bringing it up makes you anti-Semitic. Uh, which You're like is, a Jewish poon. Yeah, it's exactly, you know, that's what everyone, <laughs> that's probably what all, you know, all these weird neocons think about Dave Smith. He's he's like the Jew coon, for sure. <laughs> he's the Jew coon. And it, it, it's funny because he's so, like, like these, these neoconservatives, right? Because they're the ones who support this state of Israel so hard. And they won't be honest about why they support it either. They won't be honest that they're just a bunch of weird-ass fucking evangelicals who believe that the second coming of Jesus Christ only comes when Jewish people go back to Israel. They won't say that. Right. They just say, Israel is is their only ally in the Middle East. They're our only ally. Which is not true, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> don't get. Now we're really going to get into conspiracy theories. But... They're they're only out in the Middle East, and if you don't want gays to be thrown off rooftops, you'll support Israel. Um, back up. We really know that you support it for religious reasons, which is fine. Like, just be honest about it. Just be honest about it, because I don't actually think they care too much about Jewish people. I think they're using them for political or religious gain. Sure. Yeah. There's there's no doubt about it. And, and it's so funny because these are the same people who are like, uh, America first. You got to worship the flag. Oh, but also Israel. Uh- <laughs> but also America first, you know? It's like, dude, come on, make up your mind. Which one do you want us to do first? That, I keep thinking that one picture of Lindsey Graham standing oh, with the yeah. PM with that the sign that says more for Israel. Ugh, it just burned into my mind. <laughs> I hate that nerd so Literally. Much. It looks like a meme. I was like, is this Photoshop? Why would he hold a sign that says more for Israel? <laughs> Lindsey Graham is such a nerd. That's a, that's one of those guys that, like, if he hadn't gone into politics and had bodyguards around him all of his life, he would have been nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, Sure. <laughs> but uh, so so you know you, you sound like you know a little uh, t- a thing or two about the warfare state and the welfare state. What are what are your biggest issues as far as you know uh, politics goes? My biggest issues of, as far as politics, I'm very very passionate about the First and Second Amendment. I'm an absolutist on gun rights and absolutist on free speech. That includes quote unquote hate speech. That includes racist speech, anti-Semitic speech, transphobic speech, you homophobic must be a racist. speech. Racist. I. I literally am a coon. I literally, I will support your right to so call me the N word, call me the F. Uh oh, we may have lost. Oh, oh, you were freezing anything. up. Sorry. Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. Okay, um, but yeah, I'll, su- I'll support anyone's right to say whatever bigoted speech they want because as soon as you ban the far right, then the new far right is here, and as soon as you ban that far right, the new far right is somewhere in the middle. So I, I. I just can't justify any forms of, you know, banning free speech. Same thing with guns. I, 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 this is my beef with Trump. He banned bump stocks. Um, I, I'm a second amendment absolutist. I mean, people are always like, oh, well you can still have a hunting rifle. You can still have a handgun for self-protection. That's not in the fucking second amendment. The second amendment as, as good and dandy as protection and hunting and, you know, shooting for a sport is that's not the original purpose of it the original purpose is to protect yourself from tyranny the original purpose is to protect yourself from government that includes the military that includes law enforcement that includes all those thin blue line ass motherfuckers who think that they won't take their guns they will they'll arrest you for going to church they'll arrest you for opening your business we saw that during the pandemic so if you think they're not going to take your guns you're fucking smoking dick so that i'm, I'm sorry i should have said that but i'm an absolutist on that um, and then there's a lot of things, like you said about like the welfare state. I put this through kind of a pro-black lens, and this is where the conscious black conservatism comes in, because there's a lot of people on the right that will say, 
Planned Parenthood is racist. The welfare state is racist. Gun control is racist, which are all true. Yeah, Gun control true. is racist. Yeah. has racist roots. Planned Parenthood is racist. has white supremacist KKK-ass roots. But then they go around and say, well, racism doesn't exist. Racism is not a problem. And then the left is like every single thing, every single bad thing that happens to black people, every single setback is because of racism and white supremacy. I'm somewhere in the middle where we look at these government institutions, these big government institutions like the welfare state, like the war on drugs and say, hey, this disproportionately affects black communities and brown communities and poor communities. Let's actually make people freer, alleviate these setbacks that they have and just let the free market take its place. Let the free market take its place because... Without the government, all this racist bullshit is just a fucking bad idea. There's no way. There's no way to enforce it. Sure. So yeah, that's uh, those are my big gripes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny the whole racism issue. Like I, like I totally believe that uh, you know a lot of the laws that are on the books today were obviously created to to harm one uh, demographic more than the other, especially of uh, especially like the. Um, uh, sentencing laws you know that they, they obviously look at, the, look at the sentencing laws between coke and crack yeah i mean that it's right there tells the same you same fucking thing but look at it right there well that's you know that hey government politicians likes to do a lot of cocaine so they couldn't have those high sentencing laws yeah. for politicians you know what i mean except uh, for the mayor of dc who smoked crack with hunter biden but that's a different story <laughs> i'm sh- i'm shooketh shook it absolutely shook it i can't okay. believe i can't believe that that he would sm- i can't believe a mayor would smoke crack my god uh <laughs> but uh yeah i get it I, it was it's funny i brought this up i brought this up a while ago about the the guns the gun stuff um you know these thin blue line conservatives that um are constantly calling for basically a police state they want a police state on, on the right but they don't understand that those are the people who are going to come and take their guns but they're they want more of it more of it more of it but then you got the people on the left who want to abolish the police the police completely but no one is going to enforce all the laws and regulations that they want on the books if they got rid of the police the worst part is the worst part is the people on the left who are not really leftists because once you go far enough left they're pro gun again. But once you get to that middle like liberal elite progressive area, they're so anti gun. They're like the police are white supremacists, KKK. They're they're literally hunting down small black babies on the street. But we don't want any guns. We're, we want to be disarmed. We want the police to be the only ones with guns. What fucking logic is that? Literally, what logic is that? I'll never understand the stupidity there. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm you know I'm watching uh, people get beat up in the street in Canada by the police for not wearing their masks. Uh, people getting arrested in England for for not staying inside their homes. And people are like, "This is store. fine. This is fine." Yeah, that's what we want here too. Can we do that here? No, no, we can't because we have over the 300 million guns. You can get arrested in Europe. You can get arrested in Europe for making like a racist joke on Twitter. And it's happening. You know how many racist jokes I've made on Twitter? I would get arrested so fast. <laughs> I know my YouTube channel would be shut down just for saying coon. I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably be going to jail. Oh, They're probably for knocking sure. right now at my door, getting ready to send me to jail. For sure. Look what they did to that Count Dankula dude when he made his little puppy do the Nazi salute. Then they feds busted down his door. Dankula's great fuck? too. He he just had a baby. I, listen, if you're if you're watching Count Dankula, I've been trying to get you on the show for a while. Quit big timing me, man. Come on. I I don't know. I think uh, they arrested Tom. Well, was Tommy? What's his name? Tommy Robinson, too. The guy that was like super far right. They arrested him yeah. for for you know I can't remember what the charge was like uh, repugnant views or something like that. Like there, I think he was. They were trying to say he was like Islamophobe or something, right? It was something about that. Yeah, which I mean, he's you know pretty anti-Muslim, I think. So I, I, I get which it. is which should be protected by free speech. You should allow it to be. I would literally like. I think that people who are anti-black that literally think I'm, you know, if you think I'm like should go back to Africa, like you have the right to say that. I'm not gonna support throwing you in jail over that. Um, maybe that makes me a coon, but I just know that as soon as they come for people like that, they're going to come for people who are a little bit less far right. They're a little bit less far right. They're going to get to Ben Shapiro and then they're going to get to me. So <laughs> <I don't> wanna, <laughs> I'd like to think you're a little further away from Ben Shapiro. I don't know. The guy, the guy really <laughs> wants to bomb the entire, he, he's one of those people who wants to turn the Middle East into glass. I'm sure of that. Um, that's he's he's a uh, he's a little crazy <laughs> he's very very big neocon well i shouldn't say big i mean the guy's like five foot but he is a big time neocon uh but you know i feel yeah. i also feel like any of these people that would say those racist things to you probably have a double leg in their future and that's not something that a lot of people know how to deal with you know what i mean yeah and then yeah that's the one area of the non-aggression principle i don't agree with if you're gonna say some shit like that to my face just prepare yourself 
just prepare yourself. I, I take that as consent to get double legged. That that's my version of the nap. That I take that as as verbal consent. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I talked. I me and Dave talked about this uh, not too long ago on online. There's a lot of people that have bred this culture online of of saying anything they they want because they're behind a keyboard. But it really, they're the Bro. product. They're the product <laughs> of spending too much time not getting smacked in the mouth. You know what I mean? Literally, like they, I, I don't understand. Did they not get bullied enough growing up? Did you just, you just stay by yourself? You stay by your lonesome? Because even when I saw your little, um, your GoFundMe to take the kids to Disneyland, I was like, fuck yeah, take them kids to Disneyland. Then I see the comments, they're like, you're a deadbeat. You don't take care of your kids. You're a grifter. I'm like, how are you going to say that to a dad with literally seven kids? Like, what? what goes through somebody's mind it and is. i know they would never say it to anybody's face you would never say it to your face oh none of those nerds it, would say that to yeah. my face they get shoved in the no. locker no real quick. No, yeah literally they're fucking nerds <laughs> well it's funny when i was running for chair so i ran for chairman of the libertarian party twice you know i said on the libertarian national committee i'm an at-large yeah. rep, rep. Uh, i ran for the chair twice once against nick sarwark uh lost terribly but i did pretty good for a guy that no one fucking knew uh, and then I ran again last year, and I only lost by like a hundred votes. It was really close, and and, and eh, there's some weird shit about the votes. But um, it was like all the stop same. Stop the count. Yeah, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to. I'll I, be that guy. No, stop I, ta- I talked about it. Look, I didn't want to be that guy. We did half half of the convention was online, half of it was in person, and they they were piping in the people online over the loudspeaker, and the the vote totals like. All of the motions on the floor went from like 650 to 700 votes up to like 930 votes when they did the chair election. So it was a little weird. Eh, I didn't want to be that guy, though. I didn't want to be the guy that was like, uh, I feel like there was some fraud that went on here. But but anyways, um, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So so my first run, I ended up visiting like 25 state conventions around the country. Right. I went to like 25 states and all these people that had talked shit about me. You know, calling me a deadbeat dad, a grifter, and oh man, they said all kinds of shit, abuser, and this and that and this shit. No fucking, no fucking proof whatsoever. I'd show up to their state convention, and I, I don't think anybody realized I'm a big guy. I'm six foot two, two hundred forty pounds. I, I've been wrestled for fourteen years. I fought, in, you know, I did. Tra- I trained MMA for on and off for ten years. Did all this shit, and I show up and they're looking at the ground. Oh hey, uh, hey hi Josh, how are you? You know, and I'm like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't say that shit online, man. You know, I'm also from a, I'm also from a rough neighborhood where you just you don't talk like that to people. You know what I mean? Like you don't say that shit to people unless you want to fight or get shot. You know, I'm outside of Oakland. It's different. <laughs> it's a different place. Yeah. You if know? you're like on the wrestling team, if you say some shit, you're that just you're just going to have to wrestle it out. Like you're just going to have to wrestle it out. Um, and it's like a re- it's like a respect thing. It's not even about like beating somebody up. It's just about like respect and you know dominance and you know displaying that you can't be disrespected. So of course, when I pull up to Yow Revolution, if I see any of these motherfuckers that have these little group chats talking about me, just know what's gonna go down. <laughs> Actually, yes. let me not because they're gonna literally kick me out if somebody from Yow is watching this. I love most people in Yow. I love Yow. They're like I I love most people in Yow, but there are a select group of people that I know are gonna be there. They're gonna talk shit about me. And they're not going to say it to my face. They're not going to say it to my face. So sure. that's it. <laughs> sure. Uh, someone in the chat asked when when I was going to have Ryan Dawson on, which is funny because we're talking about Israel. And I'm thinking, man, we're using up all Ryan Dawson's content on Israel right now. Uh, Ryan. So what happened with him? Because he got banned, right? Oh, Ryan has been banned so many times from every platform. Because he, he talks about the Zionist state of Israel, man. That's, you know, they'll probably, they probably will demonetize this video, I bet. Oh, probably. Most likely. Uh, But he's coming on July 7th. So I already booked Ryan Dawson. I'm stoked to have him on. He'll be on July 7th. But, um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's, uh, I haven't been following Dawson for a long time. You know, I heard about Dawson many years ago, but it was, uh, you know, always some faker Tarians or one of those guys talking about how he was like a a anti-Semitic alt-right racist guy. And then I started following him. I'm like, wow, this guy uh, is actually pretty smart and knows exactly what he's talking about. But he also is like a, what some people would call a neo-confederate i mean he hangs confederate flag and and, and oh god thinks, see i didn't know that about him <laughs> the south you know he, he's like a southern historian basically and so um you okay know, <laughs> you know it is what it is I, i'm gonna have him on the show we're gonna talk about it i'm you know i'm not one of those people who's i'm not one of, i grew up in a family that's from the south and that was like part of their heritage but they weren't racist at all so it's always been weird to me to hear it so but i don't fight people on it i'm just like okay yeah whatever you guys think is cool is cool man i don't care uh but it will be interesting to have him on the show definitely he's definitely like pro-palestine 
anti-Israel uh, state, and uh, he's got some other views too. He's definitely a 9-11 truther, big time. Uh, he's oh, done, Lord. done like documentaries on it and stuff. So, so be... I'm assuming he, he's like 9-11 truther, like look up dancing Israelis type shit. No, he's like legit done a whole documentary on it and like all kinds of like, yeah, I mean the guy, the guy, the guy is like Scott Horton for a whole bunch of other issues. Like he can just list off everything. It's pretty wild. So oh, okay. I never, uh, I never really followed him. I just know him through Reed's channel cause he's on Reed's channel a lot. Yeah, so yeah. I saw that he got banned the other day. So I was like, Oh man, what yeah, I think he's been banned on Twitter a few times. He's been banned on YouTube. Someone just said in the chat since 2008. So long time. Long, oh wow! Yeah, back back in the day when they didn't really ban people, so anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting fuck? to see what happens after I have them on my show. I'm sure it'll get demonetized, but I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm gonna have I hope everybody you don't on. Get banned. Huh? I hope you don't get banned. You know, I try to I try to be all right. You know, I try not to. I, try, I say the V word instead of the instead of vaccine. You know what I mean? So I think I'm doing okay. Oh yeah, I, I stopped. I stopped saying it. Yeah. I'll like if I talk about it on Twitter, I'll put I'll like um I'll censor like I'll put like an asterisk in there. I won't spell it out. Yeah, you got to be careful these days, man. They're coming for everybody. After after watching uh, on the news, Brennan tell everybody that uh, uh, libertarians were were terrorists too. It was like, okay, they're coming for us. It's coming. I I saw that and I just had to laugh and then I had to cry because I was like, oh shit, like they really believe this and the people who watch this shit really believe this and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But anyways, what's next for Olivia? What do you got going on? What do I got going on? I mean, I'm writing a lot for Fee. I just started there last month. Um, I have a live stream tomorrow with the Redhead Libertarian, very controversial guest. Uh-oh. I don't give a fuck. You're in trouble um, I don't give a fuck. Everyone can go watch that if they want to. If they don't want to, that's fine too. But yeah, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just Olivia Rondo, R-O-N-D-E-A-U, and find me on Twitter as well. Rad. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to to make this up. And hopefully soon you'll be able to join the Libertarian Party and help us uh, win Liberty back. (laughs) Maybe. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Olivia. Thank you. All right, guys. Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. She's great. She is absolutely based. Uh, I I hope that she will join the Libertarian Party eventually and help us win Liberty. Uh, I don't. She was talking a little bit about y'all, which I'm a big fan of, but a lot of people don't know that y'all just got a new uh, executive director, or uh, I, I, I don't know if that's what y'all calls it, but uh, uh, her name is Lauren, and she used to be the executive director of the Libertarian Party. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, y'all brings on any changes after that. I did get a super chat, one super chat from Eric Clem. I wanted to address that. He said, how do you join the Libertarian Party, and specifically the Mises Caucus? He's been following it for a while, and he's ready to make the commitment. Uh, you can go to L, uh, Libertarian Party Mises Caucus online. They have a sign-up join link there where you can throw some cash if you'd like. Uh, they're a great organization. They're doing really great work to move the needle in the Libertarian Party. And I wanted to address what's going on today in the New Hampshire Libertarian Party. Since I do sit on the Libertarian National Committee, um, so I just want to bring this up really briefly before we end the show. Uh, what happened was the Mises Caucus uh, – was told in 2018 and then again in 2020 that the party belongs to those who show up. And so the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus has done more recruiting for this party than any entity has uh, in, since at least 2000 when Harry Brown was the presidential candidate. Um, and and they don't get any respect for it, but uh, they, are, they have been able to, what they like to call takeover, but they have been able to recruit so many new members that they're now taking all these positions on boards. Uh, they... They definitely took a majority at New, at New Hampshire in just March, I think, was their convention. Um, and the chair decided that she didn't like the messaging coming out of New Hampshire, so she unilaterally uh, basically went and started another party, uh, kicked everybody else off the XCOM, put up her own bylaws, um, which were imaginary, not voted by anybody, and then got a letter from our national chair saying that she was the recognized uh, executive committee. This isn't how anything works, and uh, now that we've had the conversation about it on the LNC, we can see that no bylaws were followed, and truly what she did was she stepped down and absconded with uh, all of the, the party property, and so it's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, but I can tell you this, uh, that is not how things are handled, and the Mises Caucus has done everything they've done above board uh, according to the rules laid out by each individual party, so if you're trying to stop them or you're doing something it's probably not the correct way. So uh, I'm very interested to see what happens. But 
Anyways, awesome show. Guys, check out Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs. Delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend. Please go buy his gear. And did you guys know that if you join my Patreon, you can get all of his new designs a week early at a 30% discount. That's a deep, deep discount. I mean, we're talking cheap for t-shirts, hoodies, hats, all the great stuff. There's baby gear on there, break the cycle baby gear. Uh, And of course, AnthemPlanning.com for all your emergency crisis needs. Please hit these people up. See what they can do. If you own a business, uh, they're amazing people and they need your support. Uh, Coming up on the show, very excited. Uh, The day after tomorrow, I'm going to have my good friend and the uh, demigod of the, the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, Michael Heiss, will be on Chair for Life, as some people like to call him. Uh, all those really mad losers around the party. Uh, super, super stoked for that. And then, of course, my friend Brian Nichols will be on on Wednesday. One of the nicest libertarian guys I've ever met in my life. Uh, nobody talks more about how we can bring the, the message of liberty to the masses. And on Friday, I'll have my good friend Josh Cybulski on, who wrote a book called Second Story Work that I have been vigorously trying to get through all 340 pages over the weekend so that we can talk a lot about the book. He's from Canada, so we may talk a little hockey. I don't know how impressive that's going to be to you guys, but I do love my hockey. Um, Guys, check out the Patreon, please. Patreon.com backslash BreakTheCycleJS. There's $3 tiers on there. You can support the show if you enjoy the show. Uh, There's $5 tiers on there if you want to get in the Discord server. There's the Mug Club uh, tier for $10 a month, which I definitely did not steal from Steven Crowder. And uh, there's some other cool tiers on there. You can also become an executive producer of the show, have your name on the show forever. Please support the show. Help me support my giant family and make this a full-time job. Next month, I'm doing five shows a week for you guys. You guys have no idea how stacked the calendar is, including people like Tom Woods, uh, Jeff Deist, Ryan Dawson. Uh, let's see. Let me name some in case you haven't been following me on Twitter. Uh, Carol Roth, who just wrote a new book, and she's sending me the book early so I can read that. Uh, Brad Palumbo, Stephen Kinsella, Mike Rufo, Ron Coleman, Robbie the Fire. We're going to talk sandwiches, all kinds of sandwiches. So support the show if you can, man. I'm, I'm turning this, this into a, a daily thing for you guys. Uh, you can also join the memberships here on the the youtube by hitting join under any of the videos it's cheap and you will get some custom badges drawn by top lobster and some cool emojis um but i will see you guys on monday for the show with michael heiss until then don't forget to break the cycle to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the person refrain but i just meant it in minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just meant it in minecraft what trooper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just meant it in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft Doing nothing, I mean, you know it The product is gets it close to COVID 